This is the Dr. Duke Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Duke Show. I am Dr. Duke, and I'm joined today by Alex Newman. Alex, how are you? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Duke. Good. Roasting down there in Florida, I bet. Oh, it's uh, always warm. We have summer, <laughs> summer, and not quite so intense summer, so. Well, that's not bad. We got winter, 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 two weeks of spring in Wisconsin, <laughs> and that's the end of it. So uh, we've yeah. got some stories here that, I mean, ugh. it is unbelievable where leadership in the United States is today. It's pretty stunning. We have Joe Biden now, President Joe Biden, who recently ginned up racial hostilities when he was giving a, cons uh, a uh, commencement speak at, speech at Howard University, which is a traditionally black college, so most of the graduates are black, in which he basically says, with all the crumbling infrastructure, the uh, inflation, uh, absolutely non-existent foreign policy, the shackling of America's own energy capacities, the attack on uh, gas ranges and dishwashing machines. According to Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Alex, the single biggest problem we have in the United States is white supremacy. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, and it wasn't just a traditionally black college, Duke. If you listened closely, it was a black Historically black college. <laughs> um, th this is uh, Joe Biden for you. Not ever sure what he's saying. But um, this is, you know, and, and Joe Biden tells a lot of whoppers, but this has got to be one of the biggest ones, right? We've got an open border. We've got communist Chinese operatives and saboteurs coming in. We've got Islamic jihadists coming in. We've got communist terrorists coming in, being deployed by governments. We've got criminals and nutcases being sent in by the regime in Venezuela. Uh, we have sabotage happening all over the country. We've got the communist Chinese preparing their people for war against us. And the biggest threat is a handful of clowns, almost certainly led by an FBI operative or provocateur, marching into Washington. Uh, I mean, if, if you talk to your average American, they've never actually met a white supremacist, right? How many people do you know who espouse white supremacy? And the answer is none uh, for almost all of us. And so they have to invent things, right? That's why Jesse Smollett had to invent stuff. Uh, so they, they've concocted this boogeyman, but of course we know what they really mean by white supremacists. They don't mean what a normal person understands by white supremacists. They mean conservative, they mean Trump supporter, they mean Christian, they mean somebody who's opposed to open borders, somebody who's opposed to the New World Order Great Reset agenda. Uh, and so that's just kind of their catch-all term for anyone we don't like, and we put it with a name that has a bad smell already. So this is typical communist tactic. Uh, I'm sure Joe Biden's speechwriters and his puppet masters thought very carefully about this. Uh, in fact, all over the country right now, the clown car formerly known as the FBI is busy finding new cases of hate crimes and uh, white supremacy and violent extremism, sometimes by reclassifying stuff. Actually, not far from me, they have a big billboard that says, uh, FBI, if you know of any hate crimes, you should report them to the FBI. So they're desperate to, to promote this false narrative because it underpins so much of the evil that they want to perpetrate against our country. Yeah, you're 100% right on that. And uh, this is white supremacy and white privilege and all the whole range of critical race theory things that we've been talking about, pretty much it has nothing to do with race at all. It's if you disagree with primarily white liberal Democrats, progressives, then you are guilty of those things. And by the way, if you're a black conservative or a black moderate, or if you're a Hispanic or a woman who takes the same tack, who stands with us, not them, well, then you're a white supremacist too. Uh, take a look at Joe Biden making the statement himself. So stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. 
and I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. So what is this terrorism? This, I want to know, Alex, you, you travel this country as I do. You give talks all over the place. You do all kinds of media. Give me an example of where the white supremacists are engaging in acts of terrorism. I suppose they mean January 6th. What, what, what with all due respect, are they talking about? It's a totally manufactured narrative. That's the most interesting part about it. There's no real example that they can point to. Like, well, hey, a Hispanic guy who kind of believed in national socialism, well, that was white supremacy. How do you get that out of that? Well, of course, they just have to invent and imagine things. Uh, and that's not to say that there's no person in this whole country who believes in white supremacy. I mean, there, there may be somebody somewhere who believes in that, uh, but it's really just not an issue. And so what they're doing is they're having to manufacture this. They're having to invent cases. They're having to reclassify cases uh, because the reality is th this is essentially a non-threat. It's right up there with like man-made global warming, right? Uh, it, it's a totally manufactured fraud to justify policy proposals that they had planned long in advance. Uh, and it's just like they, they used to say back in the 60s and 70s, the, uh, the student radicals, the students for a democratic society, the kind of above ground wing of uh, Bill Ayers' communist Cuban terrorist organization, the Weather Underground. Uh, it was always, the issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. So the issue is not really white supremacist terror or climate change or racism or uh, inequality, none of those things. Right. These are just tools to advance the revolution. Well, but they're also pointing out something even worse, Alex, that if you are worried about the invasion on the border, you're a racist. It's not really a problem. If you're worried about Islamic terrorism, uh, you're a bit Islamophobic, Islamophobic. You can't really think that way. So not only on the one hand are they shifting imagination, the, the blame for pretty much for all terrorism in this country to so-called white supremacists, they are lethally downplaying the threats from you. And you also mentioned China. If you think China is working in, in, inside our own country to undermine our institutions, you're just a xenophobe, right? So xenophobia, Islamophobia, uh, anti-race, jingoism, right? If you care about any of the actual things in this country that are making it easier for terrorists to function, well, you're a bigot too. And so it's a double whammy. In fact, it's not just Joe Biden. One of the most thick and annoying and unqualified, quite frankly, cabinet members he has is Mayorkas. My Lord, listen to what Mayorkas says about the same issue about what the big problems facing the country are. In the terrorism context, domestic violent extremism is uh, our greatest threat uh, right now. Individuals are driven to violence because of ideologies of hate, uh, anti-government sentiments, false narratives, personal grievances. So there you go. Anybody who believes a narrative different from MSNBC, uh, from CNN, anybody who, who dares to question this government. Is it my imagination or did the Durham report uh, is in the news now? Because it turns out that the whole thing was a scam. There never was any Russian collusion. It was all made up. Hillary Clinton, the Department of Justice, the FBI all went in on this. The FBI apparently offered a million dollars to, a, uh, to a, a source who they knew wasn't legitimate. They knew it. So they're looking us at the eye and telling us, if you want to question that, if you dare suggest that the government would do these things, if you don't support whatever it is, extra legally, extra constitutionally, that Mayorkas or Biden or Cardona at the Department of Education do, you're a terrorist. You are literally, rep this is the same crowd that 20 years ago told us, 
dissent was patriotism. Standing against what governor sa the government says, even if the government's right, standing against government was the highest form of patriotism. It is our constitutional necessity. Now that they have power, they are trying to weaponize every aspect of government, including the IRS, to anybody who thinks differently. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's so interesting that this is all happening with the backdrop of what just came out of the House Oversight Committee. Uh, they just revealed using concrete evidence proof that multiple members of the Joe Biden crime family received upwards of $10 million from entities directly connected to or even controlled by the Communist Party of China, the most murderous organization in human history, an organization that has publicly declared that it will wage war on us, that is already waging uh, unrestricted war on the people of the United States that is training its population for war. Uh, this is truly amazing. If that's not a bigger threat than the imaginary threat of white supremacy or domestic violent extremism, then uh, I don't know. You know, it, it's just it's so unbelievable, Duke. And, and again, this all just happened a few days ago. Uh, the proof is out there, and yet they're still trying to make you believe. Like, this is gaslighting of the highest order. Um, it's unbelievable. Well, you're a journalist, and the purpose of journalism at its best, the reason that there are so many protections for journalists is because their job is to hold government accountable, which they don't do when you have. We, we learned from the Durham report, we knew it anyway, that when Republicans have power, it doesn't matter you lie about them. When Democrats are in power, you lie for them. And so as a journalist, I would like you to speak a little bit about this in your experience. I mean, is, are there any J schools? Are there any programs out there of journalism that are actually still con convicted by the idea that all government should be held accountable? Uh, and in your mind, when did they go off the rails to becoming completely, completely political adjutants for Democrat talking points? Yeah, I, I would say journalism today is a joke, uh, by and large. That's not to say there are no real journalists today. There are a handful. But uh, when I went to journalism school about, uh, what, 12 to 15 years ago, um, you know, first of all, they were still delusional. They still were teaching students that you're the gatekeepers and you're going to determine what people say. Like, oh, have you guys heard of this little thing called the Internet? You're not the gatekeepers anymore, all right? Quit deluding yourselves. Uh, you're just not that important. Sorry. But second of all, uh, it's just a constant indoctrination that, well, if the government said it, you can quote it, even if it's not true or the government said it. So no problem. Just quote. It. I mean, this is literally the attitude that they're instilling in people. Uh, there's already this kind of self-selection process where liberals and uh, naive people who just have blind faith and trust in the government are, are more inclined to go into these kinds of fields, partly because they don't have any other skills in anything else. You know, they're not uh, mathematically minded. They're not going to make good engineers. They're just kind of useless people. Uh, and, you know, myself included, I'm not looking down on them. I certainly fall in that category. Um, but it just it, it self-selects the worst kind of people for journalism. Uh, and I've watched this very closely, Duke, over the years. And I'll give you some clear examples. I, I go to these U.N. climate summits as often as I can, uh, almost every year. And um, thousands of at least self-styled journalists uh, show up to these things. And, you know, a lot of them work for Reuters and AP and, you know, BBC and all, all these fake news outlets. Um, and they come there and some, literally, some agent of a mass murdering dictatorship will come out and say, we've negotiated really hard and we've got an agreement and we think it's going to save the world. And and all these fake journals, I call them the cheerleading section, they're like trained seals. Oi, 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 oi. What's wrong with you people? You're supposed to be journalists. You're not supposed to be cheerleaders for what 
whatever it is that these governments, these mass murdering dictatorships and kleptocrats are doing. Uh, and yet I would say you can count the number of journalists who do real journalism at these events. And there's thousands of them from all over the world. You can count the number of journalists doing real journalists on one hand. Um, it's that pathetic. Um, and unfortunately, this is not even just a uniquely American phenomenon. Uh, thanks in part to American taxpayer money and American colleges and universities exporting this garbage to the rest of the world. The whole entire journalistic industry, if you will, is a giant joke. It's pathetic. And so they'll report silly stuff like what Joe Biden says totally uncritically without even asking a serious question. It's uh, it's very sad and it's very dangerous for freedom. You know, I had a, I was teaching class before this. I drove over here to do the interview. I was teaching a university class and had an un uncomfortable moment when uh, a young woman was talking about how she lives in a small town, mostly white, very small town, that's right next to Milwaukee. And she made the observation that because she was living in a small town with mostly white people, clearly that white supremacy was the problem, <laughs> that this small little rural suburb was white because of discrimination. She also then said, being, by definition, living in Milwaukee made you more diverse and therefore victimized. I, you know, ordinarily sometimes you bite your lip, but I actually I said, hold on, think about what you've just done. You have just collectivized everybody. You're blaming the people of this small town because of their skin color. And meanwhile, you're exonerating people in live, who live in Milwaukee. Many of them are white and black millionaires. You're exonerating them and saying that they're victims of the little town of this little small town with nobody in it. So a, a small town of 3000 people mostly white people, mostly lower middle class, are actually persecuting the people of Milwaukee who are 20 times as big, have way more income generally, full of rich people of all different races. Nevertheless, tiny little town with 3,000 people are actually the white supremacists, and all the raging stupidity of Milwaukee is, of course, protected because there's a lot of minorities there. This is a 22-year-old a college kid making this statement. Yeah, and, and it just shows you how pathetic our so-called school system has become. Uh, these young people, unfortunately, and, and, you know, really through no real fault of their own, they've been indoctrinated beyond anything that I think even Marx could have imagined himself. Uh, I mean, try to apply this to another place. Imagine a, a Chinese person saying, wow, there's so many Chinese people in this town. This must be Chinese supremacy. Uh, or imagine a Nigerian looking around his town and saying, wow, there's a lot of uh, black Nigerians here. This must be black supremacy. It's so unbelievably idiotic and yet there are millions you might even say most young americans today uh believe this stuff uh, it's just a, a testament to the power of the indoctrination system and the stupidity of a human being who hasn't received even the most elementary notions of knowledge and human reasoning yeah it's ironic isn't it this is the most demonstrably the most diverse country in the history of the world and yet the rest of the world, not in, particularly outside of the West, not nearly as diverse. No one seems to care about that. No one's bothered by the fact that the Chinese built the biggest wall in human history to keep the out people out. That's wonderful. That's a, a, a bucket list thing to go see, the fence that kept out all the barbarians. But here in America, unless you're Nancy Pelosi, fences are evil. Uh, so still to come, a new report finds crime in Chicago is so bad. Speaking of white supremacy, right? A new report finds crime in Chicago is so bad that roughly half, 50% of the residents, will personally witness a shooting in their lifetime. Sounds like Democrat leadership has served the Windy City well. And again, where's the white supremacist in this? Most of these shootings 
our black and black violence. We'll talk about that next. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Take back your kids' education. FPA's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live, on-demand, and homeschool courses built on Judeo-Christian values. Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. I'm Dr. Duke, and I'm joined again by Alex Newman. Alex, in the previous segment, you and I talked about Joe Biden's statement that uh, white supremacy is the worst terrorist threat in America. This next story is meant to complement that. Okay, whites are responsible for all the problems. What do you do about this one, Alex? According to the Journal of American Medicine Association, the Journal of the American Medical Association, which is a very left-wing publication, about 50%, half of all Chicagoans will have personally encountered a shooting incident before reaching the age of 40, 40. 50% of, of Chicago citizens will have witnessed or been part of some kind of a shooting by the time they're 40 years old. And again, this is overwhelmingly black on black violence. My, my question to you is, where's the white supremacy here? I suppose you could say, if it, white people didn't hate black people so much, they wouldn't have to kill each other. That's the logic of the left. But tell me your thoughts on this. Uh, well, I mean, it's very obvious to anybody who's even looked at the scientific data, the, the data that's coming out of all this. And, uh, of course, there's a very strong correlation between uh, fatherless homes and growing up without a father in the home and things like criminality, shooting, gangsterism, etc. Uh, and yet somehow we're supposed to ignore all the data. You only follow the science uh, when it's Dr. Fauci, not when it's actual science. Uh, so we're supposed to ignore the very obvious data and focus on the non-existent threat of white supremacy. Um, and again, all of this, Duke, depends on indoctrination and dumbing down. Uh, we actually, in the book Crimes of the Educators, Dr. Sam Blumenfeld and I got into some depth on this about how the progressives of 100 years ago uh, they, they openly said they viewed black uh, Americans as inferior. In fact, Margaret Sanger, one of the big luminaries of the progressive movement, founder of Planned Parenthood, uh, she referred to them as human weeds. She hired black ministers to teach them why they should stop breeding. Uh, horrific stuff. And uh, of course, this stuff went on to inspire Adolf Hitler. These were all progressives, by the way, uh, the people who were working with John Dewey, flaming racists, flaming eugenicists. Um, they all openly said that they believed that black Americans were inferior, which, of course, is totally ridiculous. And so they designed an education system with all that in mind. And we have two whole chapters on the book in here about how they deliberately work to create a black underclass. Now, uh, we know for a fact that black Americans are just as capable as white Americans. In fact, there was a wonderful uh, black teacher in Chicago, one of my heroes, Marva Collins, who started a school, a private school, totally outside the hands of the corrupt, crooked, evil, godless government, uh, and, and educated the most troubled black young people they could find. I mean, the, the ones who were supposed to be criminals, the ones who were never supposed to amount to anything. And she trained them and she educated them. She taught them how to read and they became doctors and lawyers and, and leaders in their communities. So what is happening here has nothing to do at all with white supremacy, unless you go back to the origins with the progressive movement and the actual white supremacists there. Uh, what it really has to do with is the progressive design of government, dismantling the nuclear family, teaching kids idiotic, uh, godless propaganda in the government brain brainwash camps. Uh, and so this is not, you know, Trump supporters, which, of course, there are no Trump supporters in the Chicago government uh, oppressing 
black Americans. This is the result of progressive policies on family, on government, on education. And it's 100 percent to blame. And of course, as you pointed out, white supremacy is not perpetrating any of these shootings that are happening in Chicago. These all are right back on the shoulders of the progressives. Well, think about Chicago. They got rid of Lori Lightfoot, an African-American, I believe, lesbian who did nothing. I mean, actually, the killings went up. She did nothing about it. She blamed being unelected in this last election for mayor. She blames it on white supremacy. White conservatives somehow suddenly turned up in Chicago to vote her out. Now, the, but the problem is the person they elected is even more to the left and more willing to blame all these riots that we were seeing young black youth storming stores and, and mob looting them. His response was this new mayor, don't blame them, blame white supremacy. It's not their fault. And so you're in for a lot more. A lot of white liberals voting for these candidates simply because of their skin color. You really have no right to complain about the shooting. And, you know, I think this is what I think. I think the uh, the journal, the medical journal that published this, I think they made a mistake. I think what they were trying to do was to convince people how bad guns are. I mean, look, listen, if you live in Chicago, by the time you're 40, half of all Chicagoans are going to see a shooting. That, I think they're trying to tell us, is why we must get rid of guns. What they're not telling us, but we're reading between the lines, they're mostly black killings. So what you're really telling us, that this kind of murder is black supremacy to some degree, right? I mean, this is what they, they think they're pushing gun control with this horrifying statistic. In reality, what they're pointing out is just, just how much autonomy African-Americans in, in, in Chicago have to do things like kill each other. And nobody seems, no Black Lives parades pro protesting the death of all those black young kids getting shot. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's so ironic you mentioned gun control, Duke. Of course, gun control in America was originally a plot of white supremacists. They didn't want free black people in the southern states buying guns and exercising their rights as American citizens. And so they said, well, hey, we need gun control. If you're black, you can't have firearms. right? Uh, and so uh, the, the progressives, they just tie themselves into knots, tie themselves into circles. And that's, of course, because as we pointed out in the last segment, the issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. Uh, they're using black Americans as cannon fodder. They're using white Americans as cannon fodder. They don't care if it advances the cause of tyranny, if it advances the destruction of the family, the destruction of individual liberty, the empowerment of the state, the advancement of this utopian, insane vision that they have. They're all for it and they will use whatever excuse they think will help them advance their cause. You know, let's let's prove a little bit. Here's from the data. The study found that 50 percent, 56 percent of black and Hispanic, Hispanic individuals would witness the shootings. Only 25% of white people would, which tells you which neighborhoods exactly this is coming from. It ain't the white ones. Take a look at a couple of charts before we wind down here. We've got this image here, Chicago homicides year to date through November. Boom, boom, boom. Here we are, not in 2021, then 2022, 637. Jump to the next one. We've got this, Chicago homicides by month, 2019 to 2022, and it's just staggering, Alex. Unbelievable that this would be happening in an American city. It's a war zone. I'll give you the last comment here as we wind up. Yeah, and, and it is very uh, ironic. You know, if you go to... 
a lot of little towns in America where we still have strong families, where people still go to church, where the progressives haven't succeeded in their horrific plans of destruction. What you'll find is that these towns are some of the safest places on planet Earth. Uh, and they're also places where firearms are absolutely ubiquitous. You go to little towns in Texas, you know, a, a small gun collection is, you know, you got 45 different guns in there. Uh, and yet the people don't shoot each other. Same thing in Switzerland. You know, every uh, adult male from 18 to 34 is required to have a fully automatic machine gun in their home. And yet we have the lowest murder rate in the world. Then you go to places like Mexico. There's no white supremacy in Mexico. Uh, and yet uh, they have one of the highest murder rates in the world. And they have a total ban on guns. So the progressives are lying like they always do. White supremacy is not the problem here. Progressive policies are. Well said. That's going to wrap up the show. If you have any questions, comments, or want to support this show, Alex and me, simply visit drdukeshow.com. For all of us at The Dr. Duke Show, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Alex. Thank you.